0: Be Easter. I just encourage you, just from the from the beginning. Statistics will back up the fact that there are many people in our community, in our families, and our workplaces um, across this nation, our, our, this world. That if invited if invited, would come to church next Sunday more than any other Sunday that they're being invited. Even more so than Christmas or Christmas Eve. So I just want to continue to encourage you if there's someone or some multiple someones uh, this week to to make that invitation. you may be or being called to be the hands and feet and mouthpiece, and if you feel this this prompting, this this nudging, let's say. I just encourage you to step out, be bold. Maybe that's not your personality. Maybe you don't have that natural giftedness like many that are sitting with us that that want to to know that stranger's name and wants to welcome someone. Maybe that is like on the lowest point of our spectrum is to to put ourselves out there and, and have those conversations. But God may be calling you, and you may be a vessel to be able to Share that message and make that invitation. So I just encourage you to do that. So today we're we're kind of winding up our study on the Sermon on the Mount, basically Matthew five, six, and seven. Um, we're going to be in Matthew seven twenty-one through twenty-nine, and it's interesting although it wasn't planned this way, with Sunday being Palm Sunday, we'll be able to connect the dots as we, as we go through our passage. But it's interesting that we see in Scripture hailing Jesus as the King, screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And then ultimately... By the end of that next week, or that, the end of that week, walking away. Walking away, and some even not just walking away, some screaming, crucify him. And so in Matthew, I'm, we're going to kind of start 28-29 and then backtrack. 28, and when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. I can understand why, why many reject Christ's message. His, his message was a direct attack on their religious uh, leadership, the, the Pharisees. This message was foreign to everything that they had been taught and, and believed, and even more, the truth is that it went to the heart of their security. We love security, right? Many of us, it's what drives the things that we don't even realize that we're doing or saying. The heart of it is security. Security. The message of Jesus got uncomfortably close to their security. What was their security? Well, it was what can often be ours as well. It's way easier to follow rules than it is to change attitudes. It's way easier to follow rules than to change our attitudes. Checklist is more convenient way to measure, especially righteousness. If they took this message, the message we've been studying, this, this sermon, so to speak, on the mount from Jesus, if they took that to heart, it was going to force them to trust God rather than themselves. And we hear this message from Jesus, and it may challenge everything we thought we knew about spirituality. We can walk away unchanged, convincing ourselves that Jesus is wrong and we're right. Or or we can forget everything that we think we know about spirituality and allow Christ's truth, his truth, to change us. We're told to be A new creation, right? To make us whole. And many walked away that day. They're coming. Matthew 8 uh, transitions and they're coming down from that place where Jesus taught on the hillside. Many walked away that day and completely missed Christ. Completely missed who Jesus was. Completely missed what he was trying to do communicate to him. Doesn't mean that they weren't impressed. I mean, we see in Scripture, Matthew 28, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Amazed. In in this verse, the original language means that they were like completely blown away, overwhelmed at what they had heard. Kingdom living means a new way of living. And it requires Disdain for self trust and confidence in someone else. Talk about rocking our security. But kingdom living is true living. And Jesus here hadn't been truly living, they were under so much bondage and guilt because they couldn't keep up with all the Pharisees' demands. If this wasn't the case, I don't think Christ would have said in Matthew 11, 30, take my yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's this implied alternate burden that Jesus speaks of. There, there's a switching of burdens that, that Christ is suggesting, and his is lighter than the alternative. The alternative is the Jewish rabbis' teachings that cause stress and anxiety and trying to measure up. Nobody here tries to measure up, I'm sure. Christ offers his instead, his yoke. What makes his better? Well, when we apply the kingdom attitudes that Christ references in his Sermon on the Mount that we've been studying, we realize... We don't have to trust in ourselves or any other person or, or, or a set of rules to keep us in right standing before God. It's not up to me. It's not up to what I do. It's not up to this list of rules. That doesn't affect our standing before a holy God. Instead... A relationship can be formed. Many Christians have built their Christian beliefs on on these false assumptions and, and heavy expectations. They feel as though they have to perform for Christ rather than rest in his grace, rather than rest in his righteousness. This, is, this message of Christ is meant to set us free. It's not bondage, it's freedom. And it's only by the Spirit that we can experience this, this new life that Christ has created in us. And what does that new life look like? What does that new life look like? In Matthew 24... Dropping back a couple of verses, Jesus tells us everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So everyone who hears these words and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. We immediately think of storms. I mean, that's what he's talking about is a storm. We immediately think of storms in our lives, which is true. This is true of that. But many other times in Scripture, especially Old Testament, a storm was attributed to the final judgment that God will have. And so it applies to storms within our life, but he's also ultimately telling us when that final judgment comes, you will not fail because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. There's a parallel passage of this in, in Luke six forty six forty nine. 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep. Dug deep. Has anybody ever dug deep? Like, It takes some effort. Makes me think of one time when we were living in uh, in Newburgh uh, before moving to Washington years ago. Uh, our kids ran in like a little gang. The, the entire cul-de-sac, every... Every house on the cul-de-sac except for one had over three kids. So it was literally like our children's ministry running the neighborhood. But we knew everyone, and it was like if you didn't see them outside, you kind of had an idea of where they were at. But they wanted to dig a hole. And I'm like, hey, whatever, I don't care. Dig a hole. Go out behind, uh, I can't remember their names, such as as uh house. Uh, and we check first. They're like, "Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Dig a hole." Like you know. They dug this hole so deep you could not see the child standing in the bottom of the hole. Like they were intent on. I mean, and these are like three through eight year olds. Like this is like I. It took <laughs> It took some muscle. But you don't just. Yeah, I need. We need to get. Maybe we could get the children. We we've always dreamed of a pool. We just don't. You know, it's like, hey, maybe we just have a like a family fun night at our house. We'll invite all these kids and give them shovels. That would be awesome. Okay. But you dug deep. Digging deep takes effort, right? Rabbi and a soap maker. And they were going on a walk at this park and and just studying the people around them and seeing who had come out that summer day. And they were walking along this path at the park and they came to a stop and the rabbi, uh, the, the soap maker, turns to the rabbi. Rabbi, what good is religion look at all the the trouble and misery that exists in the world just looking at those around him there's still such sin and and, and sadness even after so many years of teaching and and preaching about goodness and truth and and, and peace if religion is good and true why should this be A rabbi didn't say anything just continued walking down the path, and shortly down that path, they they saw a child playing in the dirt, probably one of our kids, they love dirt, they're like attracted to it like a magnet, was sitting there playing in the dirt, and the rabbi turns to the soap maker and says, look at that child, you say that soap makes people clean. But see the dirt on that boy? What good is soap? Like with all the soap in the world over all these years, that child is filthy. I wonder how effective soap really is. The soap maker obviously protested and and said, but Rabbi, but Soap can't do anything unless it's used. Exactly, said the rabbi. In our text, Jesus is making the same point as the rabbi to the soap maker. Faith requires action. Jesus said to his disciples not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the ones who does the will of my father only those that does the will of my father now this text clearly indicates that faith has a doing component to it the book of james tells us faith without works is dead The soap, our faith, must be used to be relevant for our lives. It must be put into action. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Have you ever built anything? I know many of us have. I was thinking back over the years, early years, helping my brother-in-law with, like, rental properties um, and then just different construction projects. And, like, I've seen some pretty crazy things. Like, I've... I've witnessed just, well, I've walked through a house. I was thinking back, I I walked through a house, you're like thumbing through the realtor.com or like back then it wasn't online, it was like the Homes magazine, the paper that you flip through. And I went down and physically walked through a home in downtown Evansville that was for sale, it was listed for $4,800. Nobody was buying it. Like, that should tell you something, not only the cost, but, like, that nobody was buying it. Uh, it was interesting. I've seen building additions where joists, we, we, I mean, Scripture says where the, where the foundation is laid directly on the dirt. I've seen floor joists, not even treated floor joists, just floor joists laid out on the ground as an addition that's the foundation, I'm sure you guys can have some crazy I mean, I've just seen some crazy homeowner fixes. We love homeowners, but you guys do some crazy things, which seem like a good idea at the time. Usually, it has to do with uh duct tape, silicone, or the new new the new duct tape is flex seal spray. I mean it can make a boat float i it doesn't if it leaks flex seal it on the other end of the spectrum I've had the opportunities to work on some projects that I consider from a building standpoint I mean like literal works of art Uh, it's amazing there was one home in particular in Newburgh that I worked on um I was not the contractor but I worked for the contractor building it um And in the middle of Newburgh, which has very nice subdivisions, um, they owned 40 acres, which is as large enough for a subdivision. Built one home in the middle of it, right off of Bell Road, beautiful home. I mean, it's like you hear, oh, it's an estate home. No, this was an estate home. It was about 8,000 square foot. and it was just done tastefully, like, just what you would expect a true generational estate home to be. Um, I, it, The brick and stonemason that was on that job was on that job for 18 months. It took 18 months to do the brickwork, the chimneys, lay the the stone patios. I mean, you know how quickly you're in and out of jobs. You don't go on a job for 18 months. Like, it's... It was beautiful. I did tile work. The master shower took me five to six weeks to do the tile work. Not that I'm that slow. I mean, I am a little slow. But each piece of tile had to be bullnose. Like, they didn't make bullnose and round over and this and that. We were taking travertine tile and then using a profile wheel and making our own bullnose pieces to go in the shower. And So it was just a process. Um, But everything that went into that house was just, um, is just amazing, gorgeous, very tasteful. Um, That would have been 2003, 2004, 2005, uh, Newburgh saw one of its uh, uh, strongest tornado, F3 tornado, came through about probably a less than a half mile from our house, but less than probably a quarter mile from this home. Um so quarter mile or several you know city blocks away from direct hit of this and the the only damage that this house had was some shingle damage like it it was kind of one of those things you're like well you get what you pay for none of what was built and done on that house would it have meant anything or, or lasted unless it had substantial footings, substantial and proper foundation, right? I mean, that can be said of anything we build. That's why we have the Leaning Tower of Pisa instead of the Tower of Pisa. Like, it never was set out to be building the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I don't think that's what it said on the prints when they were reading it. Something can be built in such a way also that that on the exterior, or even when you walk through it, it's beautiful to the eye. But what's underneath is is greatly flawed. It's not gonna stand up. Not to my kids, not to anybody. It's just not especially when rains fall and the floods come another project i was able to be uh, a part of uh, a ultra little bitty small part uh was when extreme makeover came and built over in saint mindred um they did a home that was i think it was a oh no oh five oh six um a close friend of mine owns a very large, successful con- uh, concrete contractor, and they were one of the guys that were going to go and pour concrete. I am not a concrete guy, but I very much loved that show and very much wanted to be on that. So I was like this totally out of my element, gopher guy in boots, like what do you need me to grab for you? Because they were like a well-oiled machine, and I was just along for the ride. But we poured, did some flat work and stuff there on that project, um, but it was a completely different approach to building, right? And I'm not sliding this show or the good that's been done in this, but you can imagine when you build a home in a week versus traditional time frames, things are done differently. Corners are cut. things, are, uh, Paint slapped over the top of hot mud before it's completely set. Uh, I mean all these different things again not condemning the good that was done but it we see stories resurfacing years later of like well it was awesome at first but now now not so much after the fact but it looked good on the walkthrough right Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. And not just rock, a rock, the rock. It's foolish to hear God's word but not believe it or, or put it into practice, to not build one's life on it. Jesus says in Luke 28, uh, or Luke eleven twenty-eight, 28, the people who are really blessed are the ones who hear and obey God's message. And similarly, James, obey God's message. Don't fool yourselves by listening to it. Now, there are many people who love going to church, enjoy meeting other Christians, they, they love to sing songs, even read the Bible, but don't associate what they're doing and saying with what's happening in their life. The word of Christ is not penetrating to the point where it's making a difference in the way that they live their life, right? It's much easier to have a checklist than to have an attitude change. Anyone who hears these words. It pleases the devil very much. When, when someone hears what God has to say. And then lets it kind of go in one ear. And out the other. Right? When, when we allow this to happen. We're, in fact, like missing out on what will sustain us through the storms that come our way. These this sustaining things. And it made me think, man, the world gives us plenty of gimmicks to build our lives on, right? Plenty of things. To build our life on. We can build our life on our career. We can build our life on our kids' sports. We can build our life in, in just relationships with other people. In hobbies. In in, in fil- just anything. And it doesn't take too long flipping through like TV and like. Commercials, they're kind of a think of a thing of the past, I think. I mean, they do them differently. I remember, <laughs> this is completely off topic. I remember the first time uh, we ever got like cable or anything like that. Um, Ethan, our middle original, uh, I don't know how old he was, but he was sitting there watching TV and the show that he was watching stopped and a commercial came on. And he literally jumped off the couch and was screaming because he had no idea what was going on. Like he couldn't understand why did the show that he was watching. They they grew up on like Winnie the Pooh VHS tapes. Like they didn't know. But it doesn't take too long on on the TV or commercials to see there will be a new and better gimmick. The gimmick you've been using, oh, that's, I I mean, that's outdated. You need this, newer, better gimmick. So this is not a message on how to avoid storms, but rather how to build our lives in order to withstand the storms that come. This message is about foundations, not finding storm-free places, not building a safe room, so to speak, but it's about what are we placing under us as our foundation. It's about hearing, but not just hearing, responding putting into action we've just spent the last six weeks looking at these different dynamics that jesus was flipping some of their thought processes completely upside down in what they had been taught in this checklist in realizing it was a heart condition and what does that heart condition change so this message is about hearing and responding to the gospel and applying it to our lives so that we can journey through the storms, still be standing right, and ultimately be reunited with our Heavenly Father. And so I I want to warn of the world and the gimmicks to which we can build things on but to encourage to do the work encourage to dig deep encourage to build in such a way that many others around you may going i don't know what you're doing that sounds r- ridiculous but i will i mean we're assured in Scripture when the storms come, it will be a solid foundation. I can't be said for anything else. You pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, God, your word is just so powerful. Your Your, your word is encouraging. It's challenging. These, these weeks that we've spent have been challenging to us. But God, ultimately, we want an attitude change. We, we want a a heart change. We don't want to follow rules. We want to change our heart. And so, God, we just we thank you for your word, encouraging us uh, to that end. God, I, we thank you for brothers and sisters. In Christ to be able to journey along with in that. God, allow us to bear one another's burdens. I believe part of that lightness in our yoke that Christ speaks of is because we can come alongside and bear one another's burdens. gospel will be preached throughout this city, throughout this country, throughout this world in the the coming week, and, and yet today. And so, God, we just pray that you would draw the lost. Allow us to be vessels to share that message and that invitation. Allow us to be vessels of sharing.